Hey everybody, Joey Mills here with GeekDad.com, bringing you another special bonus episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. If you listen to the podcast, if you follow the work I've done at Geek Dad over the last few years, you'll know that I am a huge fan of all of these DC comic shows they have over at the CW. Uh, the Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Black Lightning, but especially, and especially this season, uh, The Legends of Tomorrow. It's been a fun show all along, but this season, their third season, really feels like everybody involved with that show is really hitting their stride, really firing on all cylinders. The show is it's funny, it's you know, full of pop cultural references, it's got the whole timey-wimey sci-fi vibe, this thing going on. You've got great characters in absolutely ridiculous situations, but more importantly, this show wears its big, goofy, geeky heart right on its sleeve, which to me, it just it gets right uh, to the heart of what I love about this show, is that these characters are, are the kind of characters that... Uh, understand that the ridiculousness of their situation uh dropping pop culture references uh, but doing it all uh, with emotion and with heart and with sincerity and feeling and it's it's just one of the best returning series on television right now um, so that is why in part why i reached out to the writers of legends of tomorrow and they were gracious enough to get back with me and i had a chance to sit down with them uh last week the end of last week to talk a little bit about kind of their process, how they put together a season and the storylines, talk about season three specifically, and to talk and ask a couple questions about the season finale, which airs uh, Monday night, April the 9th, uh, and maybe a little bit of what we can uh, get out of season four, what we they can, what I could tease out of them without uh, asking for specifics or spoilers. So uh, I had a chance to talk to them, and this is the audio of that interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello. Well, first of all, uh, thanks, Morgan, for putting this together, obviously. Uh, so you've introduced yourselves by name. Uh, if you don't mind, just take a minute or two, kind of uh, give our listeners a little bit, maybe a background about yourself, uh, how you got into the business, how you joined this writer's room specifically, whatever you feel like sharing. And just whoever wants to go can jump in. All righty. Well, I'll start. Uh, my name is Keto Shimizu. I actually uh, started in the film and TV industry as a post-PA, um, and that was after an internship after film school. And I managed to make the leap over into writing by uh, applying and getting into NBC's Writers on the Verge program, mm -hmm. which uh, led to me being staffed on my first in my first room on The Cape, um, that program, right. <laughs> which uh, then led to two years on Being Human, and then I got kind of poached over onto Arrow, where I was for three years, and then uh, I, you know, fulfilled my contract on Arrow and decided to move over to Legends of Tomorrow, Whoa. and have uh, <laughs> been there ever since. Great. Hey, I'm Morgan Faust, and I started in film and television. My first job was working for Dr. Katz as an intern, which was the sort of precursor to Ooh. the Bob's Burgers team. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I stayed in film and television on the East Coast for a long time and did a lot of independent film, um, editing and producing films that went to Sundance and South By and loved working um, with all the amazing, talented people I got to work with in that world. But when I moved out to LA, I just started feeling the sort of hearing the sirens call of television and started writing a lot of pilots on my own. And by about the fifth pilot, I got into the CBS uh, diversity program and um, that opened the door to get uh, an interview here at Legends of Tomorrow and got lucky that this is my first writing job. 
Yay! Yay! <laughs> <And> all these <laughs> jerks. <laughs> I'm gonna move it. I'll yeah, go, move go, back. Go ahead. Okay. Can we see? How many of us can be on the couch? <laughs> oh, I think we all got it. We got it? Okay. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And um, I'm Tyron Carter, and Woo! I started as an intern at Berlanti Productions, who obviously produces our shows. And um, when uh, Legends came up as a pilot, when I was working there, they asked me if I wanted to interview for a job on the show. And I was like, of course I want to interview for a job on the show. Um, and started as the PA, and then I was a showrunner's assistant, and now writer's assistant. Woo! <laughs> Um, I'm Matt uh, I moved here from New Jersey like 10 years ago. My first job was a production PA on the show Chuck. Uh, that's where I met Phil Plummer, who's one of our creators and showrunners. Hey, um, and yeah, after Chuck, I like had a couple other assistant jobs in and out, but stayed in touch with this whole crew because they're awesome. Uh, then when Legends came along, I was, I was an assistant in season one and hired as a writer in season two. And still here. <laughs> <laughs> I did a little bit of a shuffle. Hi, yeah. I'm Oba Muhammad. Uh, and um, I started out uh, around the same time Keto did. Like, we basically met. Same um, company. Same company. We I met. I was the intern. I was the, uh, basically the CEO assistant. So we met like 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this crazy journey of coming to LA after working for a couple of producers in New York. And they actually uh, were like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a writer. They said, well, are you going to be a playwright? I said, no. So I ended up coming to L.A. because they gave me a place to live and they gave me a job. So <laughs> That'll do it. I couldn't yeah. say no to it. And I felt like I was supposed to be here. Right. And then met a fabulous person and then through a, a number of odd jobs and then finally getting into the ABC writing program. I staffed on my first show. And Legends, my second, I'm so happy. It's such a good group of people. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, kind of... Uh, for our listeners that maybe aren't familiar with the way a writer's room is set up, kind of take us through the process. How does your season come together? You know, once the cameras start rolling, how does that change your, you know, your workflow kind of at a broad level, kind of talk us through kind of how a season comes together for you guys. Sure. Well, uh, every season starts with, you know, uh, a discussion on like, what are we, what are the themes that we're working with? Where are our characters at? What is, uh, you know, if there is something that's obvious, like what is sort of an overarching thing that everyone's going through this year? Um, and then from there, it's because we're very character focused. Like right. every time we break an episode, we start with emotional journeys. We call them emojos. It's like the first thing that goes up on the board. So likewise, when we're constructing a season, that's where we start. Right. And then, uh, and then we get into the really fun stuff, which is like, okay, what, what are the... Um, What's our episode engine? Like, what are we doing every week? What are the things we're trying to stop? Who are the bad guys? You know, uh, and that discussion, you know, brings up a whole other swath of ideas that go up on our boards. And then, you know, from there, it's sort of like, okay, how do we pace this out? So we have the, all of these discussions before we even dive into the first episode. Um, and of course, we have to pitch all of this to the network and the studio and get their feedback. But um, once we finally dive into the season, and this is before all cameras are rolling. Uh, we, you know, start with the first episode, like what are we setting up, um, and we try to make sure that all the elements or some hints of all the elements are in it, but, you know, again, we start with characters, um, create some great emotional journeys for our, you know, our favorite characters, and, uh, and again, the, the challenge of the first episode of the season is it's not just 
has to be a great episode. It has to launch the season. So right. again, we, we end up packing a lot more into that episode than we do normal episodes. And then come episode two, it's like, all right, what's a typical episode? That's sort of when we start diving into like, what's an episode of the, uh, you know, a monster of the week or case of the week. Um, and again, start with the emotional journeys. And then from there we get into more plot. We start building up like, okay, how are we go through our act breaks? Like what's a good moment to end act one? What's a great moment to end act two? And we definitely have a formula. Okay, moment in deck three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, we really start building up the plot, and then we start meshing those things together. And then um, and then we do, like, a scene-by-scene -scene breakdown where we just go through, like, this happens, then this happens, and we start getting details. We start pitching fun jokes. We start, you know, um, really f figuring out some cool gags or some cool uses of our character's powers. And, uh, and then all of that becomes an, uh, a beat sheet, um, which is sort of like an outline, but not really. Uh, <laughs> but it's basically an outline. Um, and, you know, that goes through an approval process with the showrunners, and then, you know, writers are assigned and writers write. And at that point, we have already launched into the next episode, starting that process all over again. Right. Uh, once, I mean, we will probably have three or hopefully four scripts written by the time cameras actually start rolling. Um, <laughs> at which point things get really crazy because now we, you know, I've, I've heard it likened to um, a monster, the production <laughs> monster that eats pages. Right. It's like eight pages a day and you have to keep feeding the monster. So now we're on a, that's when, you know, we, we start realizing, oh crap, we gotta, we gotta keep this moving. And, you know, uh, keep those stories breaking, keeping the writing process going and, um, you know, throughout all, all of that, we have network notes, we have studio notes, we have uh, actor notes, you know, we have a lot of things, and of course production, which is a whole other bag of crazy, where it's like, we can't do this, or it's going to cost you this much more over your budget, and we're like, oh, crap, we got to Dinosaurs are extinct, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a whole other, you know, part of the process um, before it actually is being shot. Um, so yeah, that's sort of... And we, we do that, you know, 18 times <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> until it's all done. Right. <laughs> the best part, I think, about the process is that once we do all the structural stuff, we end up laughing every day because mm -hmm. it literally is about what fun thing we can do in this episode. And then sometimes because it's such a great group of people, it comes out of like just this organic process of just, and then you hear everyone walks down the hallway and hears us laughing and they kind of go, that's the fun room. <laughs> we are the rowdy ones, for sure. Do you guys ever try to write just knowing that this is going to make so somebody, this is going to make, you know, Matt laugh, or I know this is going to get Ty, so I'm going to write this in and just see if they... There's <laughs> this... I'm not going to say it. There was a viral video, and I put in a <laughs> joke that was very specific that I thought Bill would laugh at. I don't know if he, I don't know if he ever said something like <laughs> But I put in something that, for me, I thought if he reads this, and knowing I wrote it, he'll laugh. Okay, well, talking uh, specifically about this show and about season three, um, you know, Legends tends to have, it, at least as a viewer and a whatever I want to call myself this week. Um, it feels like there's a lot more turnover than the other shows. You know, every season there's that dynamic of, okay, we're going to pull two, we're going to add two, or we're going to, you know, whatever. What are the challenges and what are some of the opportunities that provide you guys to write people out and write new characters in? 
Um, well, for us, I mean, it's always been an ensemble show, and uh, that's the fun of it. It's also a huge challenge because we have a lot of characters, and when we have scenes where we're trying to strategize, and, like <laughs> everyone's in it, and we try to, you know, more recently we've been smarter about that to make it be like only a four-person scene, and something else, you know, we'll throw a line at it. So you don't have to script like then nods. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So. Um, you know, and that's that's a huge challenge. Uh, but because it's an ensemble and there isn't like you know a definitive star, it really does give us this great freedom of changing it up, and we love that. And it, it helps keep it fresh, um, helps keep it you know uh, exciting in terms of like who who's going to shine this year or who 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 leaves for whatever reason and what what can we do with that that vacancy um, and. Uh, you know, for us, like, we love finding those um, those opportunities to create new characters or to create interesting spins on established DC characters um, to just bring new energy onto the ship, uh, new dynamic. Uh, like, with Zari this year, like, that was so much fun. We all love her. And it was just her energy, like, what she added, her voice was so distinct, like, from day one. And, of course, you know... Tala just did such an incredible job of bringing her to life, and it was just a it was a wonderful confluence of of um, you know of, of pieces that all came together in this wonderful character who added so much to the ship, mm -hmm. and you know it couldn't she couldn't have come if there hadn't been you know we hadn't had to say goodbye to other people or say goodbye to them throughout the season, right. and we'll continue to do that because that's the show, you know it's it's it started off in a way as that odd space for people who didn't quite fit on the other shows anymore. <laughs> right. Literally, I think that was why they created that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, it's become an opportunity to do something more with those characters or find a different aspect of their voice that allows them to shine brighter, you know, or, or more, or just give them more opportunities and, you know, what are otherwise really... Um, hero or singular hero focused properties right. you know what i mean mm -hmm. yes so we we love it and we will continue to do it because it's uh, for us it's a great opportunity talk a little bit about the balancing act between telling a good story with this diverse cast of characters versus you know you're in a unique position with this show because you're dealing with the time travel elements so you've got this the historical realities of the different times and the different periods and the different locations where your characters are interacting with. For example, I'm thinking back to, uh, I think it was the season one episode, uh, Night of the Hawk, where you had uh, Jefferson was in a, a kind of a malt shop back in the 50s versus a totally different feel like with the Amazing Grace with the Elvis episode this season. Um, so kind of talk a little bit about that balancing act, how you still tell your story and still strike that emotional chord, but how much leeway do you give yourselves to play with the time and the space and where these people are and how they're associating with their environment? Well, we start the season also with like a wish list of just, even before we know a lot of things, we have a wall that just has all of the like things that are personally interesting or engaging to one or all of us in the room. So that's always there as like a reminder of things that we find exciting. But as Keto said, it always starts with like the emotional journeys. Usually we do like a pairing, Sort of back to your first question, the last question about, you know, this huge cast, emotional journeys are usually partnered or there's a, a sort of a three-person story happening around a emotional story. Right. And once those are starting to take shape, we'll say, 
where do we want this to go? Sometimes it'll dictate off of like where the story's going. They have to do something, but like these two writers here wrote the Helen of Troy episode, and like we all knew that like we love that time period, but also the opportunity to talk about an issue. It was just slightly before the Me Too movement, but hasn't it always been happening? Right. Um, so that was like a place that we knew we wanted to go. And we had all of these great female characters, and it was like a, just a perfect fit. So. I think once we know the emotional stories, then we can start having a lot of fun and tossing things around. And sometimes it'll even start going down one path and then we'll go, okay, wait a minute, actually, you know, we're, as we hammered out those emotional journeys, we found that this story is driving it and it would maybe fit better over here. Uh, but these two guys wrote Amazing Grace, so maybe if you want to just fill in a little on that. Matt. And also we're, on, <laughs> also we're on season one, so you can probably speak better than Night of the Hawk. <laughs> oh, yeah, Night of the Hawk. Uh, no, Amazing Grace cool. Amazing Grace, that's a good thing where, you know, so you know there's certain mythology stuff you have to get done, which is like, we need to find this and introduce this death totem. Well, and later in the season, there's also becomes obligations yeah. like, yeah. where's all the totems? Yeah. <laughs> we've only got five episodes left. Like, episode 17, you're like, oh, no, we have a lot of stuff we have to get done. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, you know, you either figure out a place where it would make sense, or you figure out the craziest place to <laughs> like, uh, with Elvis. And, you know, we also knew that, uh, you know, we researched the time period, too, so we knew, or found out about, like, Elvis's relationship with his brother that he lost, and it's like, mm -hmm. oh, this is a cool, yeah. you know, it's hard to know, like, which idea came first that kind of lead yeah. each other, but you're like, oh, this fits great, so you kind of try to use, yeah. you know, we... We play with history. We, we stretch it, <laughs> we but a lot of it's nice if you use yeah. some some facts. Yeah. 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 Like this is not a history class. Kids should not be using this instead of going to school. <laughs> <laughs> so none of this really happened. Then is what you're saying? Well, we base again. We base base it in fact wherever we can, yeah. and we, we do our best to do that. But you know, and and like you said, there the night of the hawk. There was certainly a more of a sensitivity to racial tensions of that time and place mm -hmm. and in Amazing Grace that wasn't really present and that was that's a choice that we have sort of had to make as the series has evolved from being you know what was a little tonally more serious mm -hmm. in season one mm -hmm. to something that's just a romp that's really fun that's escapist and you know we, tr we try to add a little bit of fiber in there a little kale hidden <laughs> in with the smoothie but like you know generally it's um, it's fun and it's uh you know, when it fits to have a serious discussion, like, you know, with, with Helen of Troy, for instance, and, and you know, sexy grab, sexist grabby, you know, producers, like, we'll do it. But when it doesn't quite fit with what we're, the story we're telling, then we kind of back away. Because we're not really the people to tell that serious story. Like, it's just not the show. Right. Um, we have shows that do that. We applaud them. And... You know, again, whenever we can educate, we will. But um, when it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Good. Uh, let me see. Where am I at on my list here? <laughs> um, some things that have been brought out. Um, obviously, there is a lot of uh, pop culture references. And uh, one of the other contributors uh, had asked me to ask specifically, knowing when this season was taking place in, you know, the fall and the spring, was there a concerted effort to beat the Marvel Cinematic Universe to this Infinity Stone punch, so to speak, uh, with the totems? Or was it, did it, did it just happen to come out that way? Or was there a concerted effort like, you know what, we're going to do this first and we're going to do it better. So, and everybody's going to see it because it's free and it's on TV. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, 
it's universality yeah. of myths. Yeah, <laughs> it, it really does speak speak to the universality of myth. I mean, it's it's Airbender. It's you know, it's mm -hmm. right. it's the fifth element. It's all these things. It's like none of this is original. Right. We know that. Um, so, you know, the, the totem mythology is something we actually created a couple years ago um, as part of the Vixen, the greater Vixen mythology that we expanded on from the comics. So, totems, she only had one totem in the original comics. We, Mark and I, created a whole other mythology that incorporated these other elemental stones, and hers was just one of them, spirit. So, um, and that, you know, we decided to lean into that this season as this is very much like a Vixen season of her going through this, you know, this huge uh, emotional struggle. So, um, yeah, we decided to lean into that mythology this year, and it just so happened. I mean, yeah, again, universality of myth. It's <laughs> like everyone has their version of this, it seems like, and we just, it just so happened that we told the story when it seemed appropriate for us to tell it. Yeah. But we did do it first. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> yes. We did it when we did Keto and Grania Road 302 and there was a P.T. Barnum episode and then The Greatest Showman came out in December we weren't thinking of that movie or we, didn't, we broke the story and like did all that we actually and, yeah. that was an episode we had in mind last year oh yeah, okay. that was we, we that, almost yeah. wrote that that episode last year yeah. like, and we had like this great opening pitched about you know like a weird stuff to saber tooth tiger <laughs> that then unfroze and you know it was a whole crazy thing yeah. So that was actually left over from the year before, yeah. but it was just something we really wanted to do. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. Even with the Me Too movement, our episode came out right at the birth of it, and <laughs> yeah. then even with um, the yeah. Pirates episode, we were shooting mm -hmm. it on the hundred year anniversary of when Blackbeard died. Yeah. So it's just like weird, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Elvis's birthday was when we were filming <laughs> Amazing Grace. Like things we don't plan at all. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Max is timeless. <laughs> <laughs> Never stop being relevant. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, so talking a little bit about the season three finale, um, you can be as non-spoilery as you want, but what should we expect um, on Monday night whenever we, we all tune in to watch? A lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's just like, buckle up, man. Strap in. <laughs> it's going to be a one heck of a ride. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> You think 17 was a lot of stuff? <laughs> 18 is a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff, but it's like it all, everything comes yeah. together, literally. Like everything comes together and the result is, is magnificent. Very it's really good. cool. When this season's over and you guys are looking back, and I don't know what your process is for kind of breaking down once you're finished, but what are some of the things that are going to be... <laughs> Don't even want to go there yet. What are some of the things that you're going to look back at and say, that was my favorite thing from this season, whether it was a line or a performance or a scene or whatever it is. What's your favorite thing from season three? Mm -hmm. Not everybody at once. Go ahead. Beepo. I love Beepo. Yes. Mm -hmm. Beepo's really captured Beepo's the, the hearts and minds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, and that was so funny because, uh, I mean, you know, we were we we were yeah. supposed to break and write an entirely different episode. <laughs> yes, and Viva was our backup. Viva was like like our or the Vikings are worshiping a version of Tickle Me Elmo, and it was like okay, maybe we'll have to write that. I don't know. And instead, we were like really excited about doing this other uh, episode, which then became the background of another episode. Right. Yes. Uh, the band that shall not be named in Bell Bottom. <laughs> 
And uh, so, yeah, and then it was literally down to the wire. It was like, we have to break one of these. Yeah. What's it going to be? And I was like, well, we can't get the licensing for the songs. So it's 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 weird tickle me elmo and we're like all right <laughs> let's call him bebo and yeah. we just you know and we dove right in um so that was a lot of fun uh oh goodness favorite episode is, is that that's the question favorite episode episode or <laughs> anything that you can think of yeah your favorite line favorite performance favorite something you wrote whatever it could be i'm really proud of, of uh of zari yeah mm -hmm. i'm really proud of zari i feel like this was something that you know as you know, again with the with the the, the kale and the smoothie, it was like, <laughs> you know, in our current political climate, and certainly the political climate of last year, um, as we were wrapping everything up and after the election and all of that, we were all pretty down on what seemed to be the future of this country, and certainly where people's the uh, the vernacular of the political conversation is, is getting very hateful and very uh, mean spirited and certainly targeting um, you know specific groups Muslims specifically ah. <laughs> yeah. and and, um, and we had a conversation I was uh, you know with with our bosses and I was just like look I wish we could do something something I mean we don't do much again we're, we're, we're a candy show but like is there something we could do to like help humanize? you know, a Muslim person. And there are no, or there were no Muslim superheroes on TV. And we're like, we can do that. We can do that. Like we have the power to do that one little thing. Like, so let's do it. Let's create a Muslim superhero who's gonna be incredibly personal, who people are gonna love, who people will root for, who they'll relate to. And, you know, thank God it all came together. <laughs> like, yeah. it, and, it, and uh, of course brought to life with the by the amazing Kala. And, I think she really has had an effect. I think it really has been wonderful for people to meet this awesome woman mm -hmm. and to see that she is just so cool and smart and driven and, you know, incredibly vulnerable at times, but also such a badass at others. Like, I'm really, I'm really proud of that. It's yeah, amazing. I think we all, we all really made her this, this great, great character mm -hmm. who I think will be, uh, hopefully live on, you know, in, in other media, you know, it'd be great if she, was in the comic in some way. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> it's a it's a thing because I remember um, just reading the tweets about like watching 316, which was just written by Ray Uchnachit and uh, Daphne Miles, and just reading everyone saying, "I've never seen someone who talked about fasting mm -hmm. that way." Whoever like it, this was me. This is how I lived. My brother was killing me while I was starving. Like just the jokes <laughs> of like, and the fact that someone humanized it in a way where it basically felt like they were a part of the populace instead of an outsider or mm -hmm. other. And it just really brought a lot of kids a moment of kind of like joy because they saw themselves on TV. And I think that was magical. Yeah. What else? Anyone else have a favorite? I mean, this is more in general, although then I'll tell you, I, I still, like, every time I think about it or say it out loud that, that we pulled off naming the episode 317 guest starring John Noble, still makes me laugh. Yeah. And, like, I still feel, like, a warm, fuzzy feeling thinking about it. But I, I realized, I don't know, I was watching one of the episodes recently and just being like, wait, every single one of these fight sequences is two or three women fighting. Yes. And it's not that is, like, they're fighting because they're women or they have I think we may have dropped. Let's try this again.
Hey, hey we're back. That. That's okay. That happens. As promised. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling us about the women that were fighting, not because they are women or over a guy or. There's all of these women out there doing all of these yeah. things, and without like, it's not the like subtitle of our show, like Legends of Tomorrow. Look at these kick-ass women. But it just happened to be that this season, like these great stories, were forming around these women and their relationships with men and with women and with fathers and and. I just, I don't know, I was really just, like, I think it was probably 316, because it's just like, here you have Ava everywhere. It's like, wow, it's just like, this is an amazing thing to see. And the men on our cast are fantastic, and also, you know, have, I think, really compelling stories, and have grown as characters, and they're wonderful to write for, and often really funny, which is really important. I mean, one of my other favorite moments is probably Nate getting his foot stuck in the bear trap. <laughs> Maybe because I was on set, like, it was like three in the morning, and like, it was funny then. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, you know, that really stays with me that that's something we're able to pull off and just make it a lot of fun to see women fight <laughs> and, and do smart, interesting things and be awesome. Yeah. What about you guys? Um, my favorite moment is more personal. This season I had the honor of writing my first episode of television. Woo! As you can tell, everyone here is like the best. They're so encouraging and so smart. And I've had the honor of just being in the room and absorbing all of this stuff that I used to sit at home in Virginia and wonder like, how do they do this? And how do they talk about story? And how do they break for it? I used to watch Flash and Arrow at home with my mom and dad. So it's cool to be here now and like working in this universe of the show awesome. with these people. Well, I was thinking of John Noble too. I'm proud of him. <laughs> like, in a crazy show, that was one of the craziest things. <laughs> And just, uh, yeah, and I have to, to be also proud of the fact that I managed to slip in yet another talking right yeah. yeah. I, I got to do it every season. I'm obsessed with Tolkien. Yeah. You don't know. Um, last year, uh, Matt and I co-wrote uh, the Tolkien episode, and so this we year, actually this actually cast where we actually got to sit in, in a casting session for Tolkien, which is like one of the coolest, coolest moments of my career. Um, so yeah. 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 It's like just fun every time. You know, just the fact that we do things, it's always like, what's the most fun way to do this? Mm -hmm. What's the most crazy way to do this while also keeping it grounded in like yeah. emotion? And that's like my favorite kind of show to watch. Yeah. So I feel glad to be on it. Yeah. Very good. The prior season finales have always given us, in the last scene, usually a taste of what's to come in the next season. So has that groundwork been laid for season four? How far down the path are the discussions? You guys have an idea of what you think you might be tackling next season? Without yeah. getting all spoilery. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Don't worry. Yes, there's, there's a, there's the, the season definitely ends in a way that's really like, whoa, you know. And, um, and yeah, we, we had a great couple of weeks after we had finished breaking the episode where we came up with a whole pitch for season four, and we're in the process of getting that through the, uh, the studio, and then you know, hopefully we'll be able to do it. 
but you know, it's, all, it's always a process. Everyone has an opinion, but um, yeah, yeah. what we have on paper right now is pretty darn cool, and we're really excited about it. Very good. We've seen recently that uh, Jess and Matt are both going to be promoted to series regulars next year. So speaking specifically of the Constantine character, um, how do you take that character, which seems to steal every scene, Matt is great in that role, um, how do you tone, maybe not tone that down, because you don't want to neuter the character, but how do you get that character to fit into this ensemble without feeling like he's overpowering the, the, the story or the scenes or... Does that kind of make sense? I mean, because he, to me, he feels a little bit like a Loki, kind of a Captain Jack Sparrow kind of character. Where if you put the attention on him, yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be a challenge for us that we'll have to. But I think we're going to have to lean into that. You know, we're going to have to lean into the fact that he's used to steering his own ship. He's used to being a one man show. He's used to mm-hmm. pushing people away. And like, to be clear, that's Constantine, not Matt yeah, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt's yeah, Matt's a jerk too. Now. Yeah, so I think. I think we're going to just lean into that really story-wise and, and show that it's hard for people like that to play nice with others. And I think we'll get a lot of great story out of that and a lot of great character moments and humor and darkness and all the things that, you mm-hmm. know, are a combination of him. He'll certainly bring an interesting dynamic um, to the show, but also an interesting energy. So we're, we're really excited to work with that. And I think some of the most dynamic scenes, I mean, I think about the scenes in um, your guys' episode where it's Cold and Constantine and Sarah, and it's like, it was no one person scene, but the three of them were all just like firing on all cylinders. And I feel like, you know, putting him, it's going to be so exciting to throw yeah. him into different pairings and trios and see what happens. Same in your episode in 15, like yeah. with him, oh, uh, Adam, and Jess. Oh it was yes. just magic. And so funny. And a foot. So what have you not, what corners of the DC universe have you not explored yet that you are hoping at some point we can throw this character or this timeline or this whatever into just, you know, I'm not, I'm not fishing for season four details, but just kind of, you know, what would, if you got to play with it, what would it be? Oh man. I mean, if we could play with anything obviously i'm a huge batman fan so i would always love to go for batman but um that's never gonna happen so <laughs> no need to worry about that ever right. happening, but that's what it looks like condiment king we might be able to get condiment yeah we might be able to ask him about it yeah but i feel like gotham's done yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> uh let's see if you were sitting here in my spot what questions would you be asking you? What have I missed? What do you want to say or talk about? Or what's the thing that nobody's asked that? I do want to know everyone's favorite episode from this season. Ooh, or favorites. Favorites is hard is to easier, narrow yeah. it down. Yeah. I love the time loop. The time loop's yeah. great. Oh 3-11 is so good. 3-11 is phenomenal. Um, I love 6 because it was just such an amazing yeah. experience. Mm-hmm. Writing... With Keto, uh, working with David Geddes. I mean, it was the perfect introduction to the show. I yeah. was really excited about that. And 311. And 15, actually. 15 is great. Love, and I love 313, so uh, No Country for Old Dad. Yes! Uh, this is so good. Nora and Damien together. So good. They're I so love great. that. Episode. Nora Doll. Yeah. And we had a great director. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just you know, ran with the like the like visual aesthetic of oh, it, which so was good. really fun. Viet. Um, yeah, he's yeah. great. 
And I mean, I, I just started, Oba and I started when we were finishing 302. And so yeah. 303 was really the first episode we were here for the full right. break. And then Matt wrote 304, oh, so, which is the E.T. Oh, home, so home episode. Um, down to you. <laughs> I just think it shows like how much heart our show can have. I mean, yeah. I think that we, you know, we land a lot of the funny and the heart too gets like, they're like, it's funny. And then also there's the heart. But in that episode, I feel like the heart was first. Right. And, and, um, and it really just worked. And it's so opened up Ray to everybody. Like this guy who is, you know, could be seen as a goof, but really he's just this like, you know, troubled youth. <laughs> Not troubled youth, but he was like, you know, a damaged little boy. Yeah. Loved it. He's an yeah. outsider, but it worked for him. We all had alien goo in our eye. <laughs> Very good. So what are you guys doing in the break? Or are you taking much of a break? Are there other projects you're working on? Are you doing taking a vacation, going to Aruba? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, some of us are on vacation now. Com- combo. It's a yeah. combo of everything. A lot of daytime TV. There's so much yeah. on there. <laughs> the view is hot. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make up for all those times I didn't make it to the gym during Aww. the season when I'd be like, I'm going to make it. And it just didn't happen because it yeah. Spending time with my son yeah. and Aww. my husband and um yeah you know doing working on some of my own projects but um also preparing for what's going to be a very busy but very fun season it's also been really fun like watching the show on tv because like yeah. we've reached the parts that i haven't seen early like, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, this episode's great yeah, yeah. <laughs> like watching 17 this week all finished was really cool it was yeah really cool my favorite's always like when we, we do watch the early cuts and it's the 2D version of the VFX. It's gold. It's hilarious. It's, it's like hilarious. the TV yeah. on the behind the scenes. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I also say, I mean, I mean, this is the only writers I've ever been a part of, but um, like we get together for more than half of the episodes to watch them together, which is really amazing. And just to see, like, I don't you know. Do? <laughs> 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 because I do think you could just be running, 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 getting the work done, getting the work done, and you can forget that at the end there's this amazing thing that you really are. Are you sure? Yeah. yeah. And try to explain it to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, I again, I appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, season three wraps up on Monday night, April the 9th. Again, Woo! thanks, Morgan, for putting this together for us. Uh, wishing you guys all the best, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to catch up again as we get into season four, maybe. Sure. Sounds cool. good. All right. All right. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. And there you have it. What a great group to uh, sit down and talk to. Um, as much as you know, we see every week how uh, the characters on Legends of Tomorrow are just this big, happy, goofy family that has its ups and its downs. And uh, to, to interact with that group, you can see that uh, that writer's room seems like it's kind of the same thing. It's a... Uh, almost like a family atmosphere. Uh, there were times where somebody would mention something and the rest of the room would smile and laugh and clap and applaud. And they're just, they're so happy, I think, to be working on this show and working together. And they should be proud of, of what they've done. Like I said, it's been one of the best shows on television uh, this season. Uh, certainly one of the best recurring uh, programs on television. So... If you would like to see the video of that chat, that conversation, uh, we will have that up on our website at www.pgtcpodcast. That's Pop Goes the Culture Podcast. pgtcpodcast.com. 
you can find links to all of that, uh, our social media stuff, everything uh, is right there on our website. So if you're interested in watching the video of that conversation, you can certainly do so on our website. Uh, again, can't ask you know for more from them. They were gracious enough to give us the interview. They answered the questions. It was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a chance to talk to them again as they uh, get to work on season four after the break. Uh, and if there's anyone else that you would like us to talk to, if there's somebody that's creating pop culture right now that you're excited about and you want us to uh, go after, see if we can get an in- uh, interview with them or a conversation with them, let us know. Uh, send us an email. Send us uh, a message on social media. You can find links to all that on our website as well. Uh, we will certainly, the worst that people can do is say no. So we will certainly reach out to folks and see if we can bring you the kind of content you want from the people that are creating uh, the entertainment and moving the pop culture uh, conversation forward. So let us know. Also, if you're a creator, if you're making something and you would like to talk about it, uh, we are certainly a uh, an accommodating audience for that here. We'd love to talk to you about what it is that you're creating. So let us know. Drop us a line. Like I said, email, social media, whatever. Uh, we'd be more than happy to talk to you. So that's it for this bonus episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I certainly did. And thanks for tuning in once again.